0: Hello, guys, and welcome back to episode four of Emily's Concert Corner. I'm your host, Emily.
1: And I'm your co-host, Other Emily. (laughs) So today
0: we have a really fun episode. I feel like we say that every episode starting off, but this one's actually really fun. So Shawn Mendes just dropped his new, his first ever Netflix documentary called In Wonder. And I don't know, I think it was the best thing ever.
1: It was was pretty great. great. It was pretty great. I really enjoyed it. I thought it really encapsulated who he is as a person. And it was just nice to have that concert feel again.
0: Oh, I know. So he dropped two. So this was the first one he showed was called In Wonder. And it was basically all about his life, like how he became famous up until like Corona, everything. And then the next one he surprised us with was his concert footage from his biggest show at Toronto, the Rogers Center. So we had two surprises surprises.
1: No, we are very grateful for that. He really came in clutch during this time. Yes,
0: he did. And it was cool because they showed footage from when he was like 14 and 15 and Emily and I were like 14 and 15. Then he was posting vines and we would see those vines when he was posting them and just to see them like in the film in real time and then in present, it was just crazy. Yeah, me and Emily were watching it
1: together like at a Netflix party thing. So we were both in our respective homes, but we were watching at the same time we were just typing to each other oh my god do you remember that do you remember that like it was so nostalgic to watch and just to see all the things that like honestly i forgot about that happened in his career that kind of led him up to where he is now
0: it was crazy so the show first started off opening scene him walking underneath madison square garden and you can tell it's madison square garden because of all the iconic pictures on the wall I knew you would pick up on that
1: <laughs> yes of crazy. course
0: him like hugging fans running through barricade it was so cool to see that because we've been in that position just a different show i
1: know i know and that's kind of what you look forward to is like him with that energy because you know he brings it to every concert and every venue that he goes to it's very nostalgic because we've seen him go from literal shows of what a couple hundred a couple thousand low 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 risk shows to these huge 40,000 packed stadiums with fans. Um,
0: The first like 10 minutes of the show or the movie documentary, they had his first ever concert in his high school auditorium where people flew in to his high school to see him play. He was like 15, probably a freshman in high school and I don't know. There's probably like a hundred people there. Mm -hmm. And it was just so cool to see his dad behind the camera filming and his mom being so shocked by a girl
1: (laughs) screaming like, I love you. The part that cracked me up was that he had one security guard leading him onto the stage. (laughs) And then Manny tried to record
0: him and he was like, I don't like the camera.
1: I was just going to say that again, like everything that they showed, like we knew because we experienced it firsthand, but it's yeah. been six years, and it's like, wow, I can't believe that he's actually where he is now in this short amount of time, and we've been it's there crazy. through all of it. It really I is. I know. It, it feels
0: like it went by so fast. I remember we both went to the show, but we didn't know each other then when he opened, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, when he opened for the Austin Mahone Tour summer of 2014. So I was going into my sophomore year. You were going into your freshman year. Oh. and. I remember not giving a flying fadjool about Austin Mahone, Fifth Harmony, The Vamps, anyone. I just wanted to see little 15-year-old Sean Mendes sing three songs. I begged my mom, begged her to buy me tickets. They were probably like $30. <laughs> and she surprised me with him. Emily has a fun story from that show.
1: From the Boston one? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, back to back. I went back to back. I went the 16th and the 17th. I went to New Hampshire. I was shook. I was in the nosebleeds. My mom surprised (laughs) me with those tickets. I was like, no way. She's like, yeah, we're going to New Hampshire to see Sean in Austin. I'm like, no way. (laughs) I ended up seeing Sean- at the Boston show just like Emily and I was fortunate enough to spend a whole whopping fifty dollars to meet Sean that day, <laughs> August seventeenth, twenty fourteen.
0: I was sitting standing outside in the parking lot watching the meet and greet happen and I was like Mom, why didn't we do this? And she was <laughs> like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So I probably saw Emily meeting him and didn't even realize you
1: probably did. There was who she maybe, was maybe fifty people in line. Maybe. It was so small, like barely any security. They were like, yeah, like-
0: Ian was the security. Ian's his best friend.
1: Ian yelled at me. (laughs) Ian yelled at me. I go, Sean, can we take a selfie? You know, like there was no one around. He signed my poster right in front of me. And I was like, Ian, please, like, can I take a selfie with Sean? He's like, no, no selfies. No one gets a selfie. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, okay. But it was just a great experience because again, he was so little- not hugely famous, but I was, like, so little in love with
0: him. I remember he was wearing the cargo pants and the black t-shirt with the colorful pockets. Yes, yes, and,
1: oh, my God, I think I messaged you during the show or the documentary, and I was, like, Mm -hmm. do you remember that shirt? Like, we we would know his wardrobe. Oh, my gosh,
0: because he would wear the most bizarre things, like, the funniest little, like, H&M shirts.
1: Stop the maroon sweatshirt that I went out with yeah. pop because Sean so did had I.
0: it. <laughs> yeah, we both we both did that. I had the pleasure of meeting um, I don't even know his name, the drummer from the Vamps that day. So that was
1: James, pretty right? Pretty cool. Was it
0: oh James? yeah, James McAvoy. Yeah. yeah, that's his name. Back
1: that was one of the seven, best
0: concerts ever. seven years ago, I still I have the videos up on YouTube of him singing those three songs.
1: No way.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll have to watch them after.
1: So. In the documentary, In Wonder, Sean kind of goes a little bit behind the scenes into the new album that he's dropping December 4th, I believe? December 3rd, December 4th? December 4th. December 4th. Friday, yeah.
0: December 4th. Let's go. mark your calendars.
1: <laughs> and I thought it was really interesting kind of hearing like the backstory of everything and watching him with his producers create this album. And it was kind of just, you know, nice to see that even through all of this, like he's working on something he loves, but I'm very excited to hear these tracks in full, in their full studio form. How about you? Are you excited? What are you looking forward to? Yeah,
0: I absolutely can't wait. I think he showed a total of like, I don't know, like a few seconds of each song. One of them, I don't know what it was called, but one of the lyrics was, You're asleep in London. So obviously that's about his now girlfriend, Camila Cabello. She was filming Cinderella in London. That has to be about her, so I'm thinking that would be pretty fun. Um, you in the dots. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about Camille in a few minutes, don't worry. Um, the other one that I really liked, Emily doesn't really like them together, but I'm a big fan. The other one that he showed a snippet was, was called How to Love, and I think that one sounds so fun. The, you know the part I'm talking about, that catchy, like, oh, I am so excited. And that's the first song, correct me if I'm wrong, where he has multiple backup singers. I don't think he's ever had backup singers in a song. Never. (laughs) So that'll be pretty cool. I'm, I'm thinking that this album is going to be a little different than what he's done before just because of what he said like he was inspired by like the Beatles and all these trumpet sounds and um whatever his little sister Aaliyah played for him that time in the car he was like this is what my album's gonna be
1: and that's kind of completely different from the Sean that we grew up with but you know he's evolving as we grow up
0: so next up we have the iconic VMA's performance of 2019. They,
1: you sure, you they, sure it's iconic?
0: Yeah, I loved it. Emily has a little beg to differ. I um, have a to pick. <laughs> she has a big bone to pick. <laughs> so they they spent a long time on this part of the documentary, and I think they did it on purpose because the fans wanted to know what was happening between Shawn Mendes and Lovely Camila Cabello. So they have been friends, like on and off, kind of a thing, since the Austin Mahone tour back in 2014. Sean was 14, 15, then Camila was 16, 17. It was so obvious they had a connection. They came out with a song, when was it, 2016?
1: It was 2015 because he um, saw her on the, or she saw him on the Taylor Swift tour, 1989. So they wrote, I knew what you did last summer. They
0: wrote that song. They did a whole Jingle Ball tour together, which we saw. Then they kind of drifted apart, I'd say, for a few years. There wasn't really any news about them. They never really like talked on social media ever. I know Camila got a boyfriend who is a lot older than her, actually. Yeah. And Sean, I mean, he dated Haley Baldwin for a little bit, who's now married to Justin Bieber. Tea. Isn't that crazy? I know. And then Sean and Justin just came out with the song. So that's even really funnier. Really full circle here. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say their VMA's performance, oh, we didn't even talk about this. In summer of 2019, they came out with a song called Senorita. And that just kind of confirmed that they were in a relationship. What do you think?
1: I had my speculations, but... You know,
0: I want to know, I've never really heard why you aren't a fan.
1: Off the record kind of material... i'm totally kidding i'm totally kidding um i just have never really been a fan of Camila. from the time that she was in fifth harmony i thought her voice was squeaky i thought she was annoying i did not like her even from x factor when she had that big bow in her hair like what is exactly what you're talking about why is she doing this why is she trying to be the center of attention i just personally do not like her i'm sure she's a great person though like i'm sure she's amazing her yeah she is, seems really nice her voice is annoying I'm see
0: sorry. I that's okay I it's not like she's listening if you are hi <laughs>
1: sorry Camila sorry <laughs> um
0: <laughs> see I used to not like her voice like her first studio album I was not a fan but romance that album oh my gosh I I love it so much and a lot of it is about Sean and like what they went through and stuff, kind of like the good and bad. So I thought that was really interesting. But Senorita was kind of their debut as a couple. I remember watching that performance jaw dropping. We were like, texting oh my God. during it. Yeah. She did not just do that. It was getting steamy on stage. <laughs> very steamy. It was a good and
1: performance though. Like, it was it really it. good. They were good he,
0: together he was so nervous in his little like white tank top. I thought it was so funny. I have to talk about this. He had that white, like every guy has that white tank top that you wear like mowing the lawn. He wore that with dress <laughs> pants. I didn't I think that was like, an outfit. Oh my gosh. And then Camille looks flawless in this like black. Angelic. like. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, oh my God. Was, I thought i thought she was wearing white oh at the she was she wore white at the vma she wore black yeah. at the Toronto performance right yes angelic is the word
1: it was it was but kind of angelic i don't have to like was. her but she looked pretty
0: yeah she looked really pretty and then they transitioned into sean and Camila kind of talking about like their love story and everything so that i teared up i don't know if emily did
1: <laughs> tears were dead
0: <laughs> No tears for you. I had a few. They just kind of like gave a summary and stuff. Camila was sitting on his kitchen counter and she was like, yeah, like I thought he was really cute on the Austin Mahone tour, but like ugh, he was just like so busy, so focused on his music. And she was like, whatever, like I don't need that. But then – when they started writing, I know what you did last summer, she kind of was like, yeah, we had like a few sparks, but we were just like two in two different places. So it was kind of hard. And, and then that's crazy though, because yeah. they're
1: both so busy and like such big musicians. Well, Sean is. Um, And... <laughs> Sorry.
0: My gosh. She has a bone to pick.
1: I just, I, I'm protective of Sean. He's like my she child. She is, yeah. Even he's older than me. I get like, it. Like, I just, you know...
0: Only two years
1: year and a half. Let's not get good. year
0: and a half, yeah. <laughs> Let's be precise here.
1: Let's be precise. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've met him three times, so it's, like, practically, like, we're best friends now, even though I haven't seen him in four years in person. Yeah. I mean, meeting him, I've seen him more than, you know. Anyways, I just... You get the drill. He has a girlfriend, and it's not, it's not you. me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know the pain. There was one part of the film just... Oh my goodness. He was sitting in his car and he was talking about how he was in New York in his car with Camila. And I don't know what song came on the radio. I think I have no idea what song it would have been, but she was like, oh, like, this is you. And he's like, yeah, it's about you. And she was like, what? And he was like, every song I've ever written is about you. They're all about you. you." Yeah, it was treat you better. And then he starts listing off all these songs that are about her. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he was like, Camila, you are every single song I've ever wrote in. And she's like, oh, my God. And, like, all the, like, tables are clicking in her head. Yep. She's like, wait, what? And he thought that she knew the whole time.
1: She is literally his muse. Like, she is why. That's even a lyric like
0: of them. his. It's just crazy. And it- Like, everyone kind of knew that that's, like, the backstory of all his songs, but to have it confirmed, and then after that, I went back and listened to every song that was, like, definitely about her, and then I listened to her songs that were about him, and they just all line up.
1: Wasn't her song First Man about him?
0: Yeah, that, I actually wrote that down in the show notes, because that song is so cute. I play it for my parents all the time. It is what's cute.
1: That's why I asked, because I knew that it was, like, kind of that vibe. It's
0: a really good song. She wrote that. It's kind of like a letter to her dad saying, like, you were the first man who ever loved me, but now I have Sean who will take Aww. care of me as much as you will. And then she was like, he might be the one in the song. And then the ending of the song transitioned to her her dad, like, walking him down the aisle. <laughs> my mom was like, oh my God, do you think that scared him off? Hope so. <laughs> I think so. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, now let's go into when he goes home toronto
1: a part that i thought that was really interesting in the documentary is when he went home to pickering ontario which was very interesting because we know he has toronto but pickering is his home and it was really cute to see his like friends and his parents and his sister and him going back into his childhood bedroom was really nostalgic too
0: oh, brought us back because that's where he posted all those videos that made him famous
1: I know. Even the vines I'm like, do you remember like that background? Do you remember that guitar? Do you remember that? Like it's crazy how much we picked up on that stuff when we were literally 14 years old and now that- like
0: 7 and 8 years ago.
1: Yes. I don't know. I think it's really cute how he has his apartment with Brian.
0: I didn't know they were roommates. All of a sudden, Brian's like, yep, here's my bedroom. And I was like, whoa,
1: what? Poor Brian, though. If, like, Sean has Camila over, like, he must get so lonely.
0: Oh, I know. Brian has a girlfriend now. He does? Yeah. I forget where I saw it, but Sean was like, yeah, my best friend from home has a girlfriend now. No So <laughs> it's, like, so fun to see them together. Um, but that apartment is insane. Oh my god, the view. I can't get over it. Sean, if you need a housekeeper, hit (laughs) me up. I will clean everything. I
1: thought it was really cute. And I really liked how, even though he's, you know, a world traveler now, and even though he's in LA a lot and all, like, all around the world, like, I love how he's still in Canada. He always goes
0: back to Toronto.
1: I love it. I love it, though. Like, that was Justin even, too. Like, he stays in Canada, but now he's obviously in LA, but... I just thought it was really nice that he still is keeping his roots and going back home.
0: Yeah, it's really sweet. He also brought up the point of his manifesting journal. And let me tell you, me and Emily got very excited about that because we do a little thing called manifesting when it comes to concerts.
1: Emily and I, as we all know, go to the Cape together and our mothers and I had a little day trip. I don't even know where we <laughs> went, but we went to this random little shop and I'm looking around and I love jewelry and I also love like little like um like uh, crystals and stuff like that trinkets like I love, like, yeah little trinkets and <laughs> stuff like that that's fun. um <laughs> little stuff like that and I came across these necklaces and it was an ameth- amethyst um stone and the meaning of it was manifestation and I kind of look at Emily and I'm like are you hmm what i'm thinking and she's like kind of and i'm like i think (laughs) i'm like what are you talking about i'm like i think we need these and we got these matching necklaces and i don't know about you but i kept mine on for like two years straight and you're like wait i lost mine (laughs) i've
0: lost mine a few times
1: (laughs) but that's That's why we haven't gone to a concert in six months literally but it was it, it was our way to manifest all these amazing things happening to us at these concerts. And we would have like our little, you know, rituals before that <laughs> on we would the do train <laughs> on the trains. Into... We can't share.
0: We can't share that. No,
1: because if we share them, they won't come true. Exactly. But, but we have our little That's rituals our that we do with our necklaces and it works. It really works. People, we get, we get what we want to get um but that's kind of what it made us think of because when sean had his journal we were like oh my god we're not the only people that are crazy and manifest things it
0: was so no i think he's on a crazier level than us because he opens up his freaking journal and there's like a hundred lines of him writing i will sell out the rogers center i will sell out the rogers center each line it says that and then he's like next page i sold out the rogers center and he's like that's why it worked because i wrote it in my (laughs) manifestation journal
1: I love it. I love it, though. (laughs) I laugh so hard.
0: Speaking of the Rogers Center, that was by far his biggest night of his career, I would say. Absolutely. That's like Gillette Stadium, but the Canada version, even bigger. I think they hold a few more thousand people.
1: Stupid crazy.
0: Yeah. And it's right down the street from him. And that's like his home turf. So like to have everyone hometown from his show. Town, hometown show go there. I, I kick myself every day for not going to that show.
1: We'll have other chances.
0: Yeah, we will. I remember it being on a Saturday night and there was a live stream from it. And I was I remember the live. Yeah. I was a junior in college that night, and I remember staying in from going out with my friends to watch this live stream.
1: (laughs) I love it, though. It was so worth it. And now that we get this HD, high-quality, amazing view of each of these songs. Thank you, Connor.
0: Connor Brazier. Shout out. We stand you. Um, Yes, we do.
1: (laughs) I just love it, and I love feeling that energy again Mm. because every song is just... You have to experience it to know, like what songs he get he gets hyped for, what songs he like brings the crowd down. When he goes off the stage, when he comes back on the stage, when he's running through the crowd. Like Emily and I know this because we've been there. We did it multiple times, but oh, it's the experience I, unlike any
0: other. And it was so cool because, like I mentioned in the first episode, we've like made friends through our Twitter accounts. We've Seen like, we've met people, like, all over the world at these concerts that everyone travels to, we saw yep. the same people that, like, Frida, Kylie, and Maddie, we saw them on the screen, like, front row, and that was just so cool, because we've known them on Twitter since we were, like, 15.
1: Even younger, honestly.
0: Yeah, and Sean knows them because they go to, like, every show. They live If Emily and I life. had money
1: grow on trees, we would go literally... <laughs> everywhere for this man every everywhere every show every show we would go to
0: he runs over and hugs them because he knows who they are they basically grew up together so it was just so cool to see that
1: i'm very excited to see what else you know when things are back it open again with this new album what's gonna happen
0: it just made me even more excited and he said in the documentary this album is gonna be like insane live i'm so excited i'm so excited i believe it I think the visuals are going to be really cool, too, just from what he's released so far. It has like kind of like a blue, eerie, white, smoky vibe. Foggy.
1: I feel like it's foggy. When I see it, I think of ocean and fog.
0: What was your favorite song from the documentary or the live concert? You already know my answer.
1: I have to go with what makes me tear up every time, and that's Ruin Live. Ruin. Ruin hits different on V stage.
0: We had the pleasure twice, twice, twice twice at B-Sage to hear him sing Ruin Six Inches from us.
1: I... Oh my God! I rewatched those videos and I'm like, "There's no way I stood there. There's no way that man was right in front of my face."
0: (laughs) There's no way I stood there and I'm still standing here right now. That's
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, how did I survive?
0: Oh, my favorite was "If I Can't Have You," which is another yeah, another song about Camila. That's my anthem. That's my alarm that I wake up to every morning. Oh my God! My roommate Allie, she might be listening. Um she that's her alarm too because every time I wake up that song comes on she's grown to like it though so that's <laughs> good <laughs> it's such a it's is such like a, a bop that like the first few guitar strings just to wake you up
1: ding, ding, gets me ding, ding, yeah ding, ding,
0: ding. gets me energized
1: for the day hey, at least something um, gets you up and going
0: exactly that's the only song that will so speaking of wonder we're gonna show you guys maybe like 15 30 second clip of his newest single to get you guys hype for the album in wonder that comes out december 4th let's
1: go wonder if i'm being real do i speak my truth or do i feel to how i feel i wonder wouldn't it be nice
0: to live inside a world that isn't black and white i wonder what it's like to be my friends hope that they don't think i'll forget about them okay now that you've heard that we're hoping you guys check out the album it's a must You'll not that it. we've heard it's it we, yet but we know
1: we already we don't even need to listen to it to know that it's we
0: don't even up. need to know okay next folklore do you want to introduce that since that's your holy grail
1: that's crazy because everybody always <laughs> thinks that i know so much more than them on taylor I just read what she tweets. Yeah, so Taylor Swift collabed with Disney Plus in a session called Long Pond Studio Sessions, which was basically a stripped-down version of her folklore album with the two producers that she had on um, the album with her. And she went song by song, track by track, off the entire record and gave a background for each song, what inspired her, how she came up with it and it was kind of phenomenal to hear what each song was about and kind of either have our theories confirmed or completely denied and have it be something we never even thought was possible that for me
0: all my theories were denied i was so wrong about every single song
1: the only one that i knew for sure was correct was uh the last great american dynasty because um you can't get that one wrong
0: well i did get that one wrong you did yeah, I didn't know. I didn't like when I listen to songs. I don't really like pay attention to the story, the words, unless I like am really into it. You did it. I know was just kind of like a Harkness. Well, no, I knew. Okay, so backstory. That song now is about Rebecca Harkness, who had this huge, great estate in Rhode Island on Narragansett Beach, I think, and she was kind of like the town like wreck, wreck. <laughs> yeah, town wreck to put it nicely. And then she, I I don't know, did she, why don't you explain the story?
1: Yeah, so Rebecca Harkness basically um, married into money, and her and her husband bought this house in Rhode Island, and she, her husband passed away, so then she had all of his money, all of, basically everything that he owned, and she kind of went crazy, and ended up having feuds with her neighbors, and bringing in people into the house, and throwing huge parties, and just gambling her money away, and ended up- Yes, that kind of level. And I ended up moving away. Um, so then the house was up on the market and then Taylor ended up buying the house. Yeah,
0: so she kind of, she she said since 2013, she was trying to write a song about Re- Rebecca Harksnake because she bought that house. So the first like minute and a half of the song are all about Rebecca and then the next lyric is, and that house was bought by me. And like, yeah, I heard that lyric, but I, it didn't like click in my head. And I was like, oh, but then like, how could it not have? Because she like, she has Rhode Island house. So I was just mind blown
1: completely. shook that you did not realize that. Like, I know. I t- that's why I've been obsessed with the song for as long as I have been.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't pay attention to the stories and songs. I just, I'm more of like a beat type of gal.
1: See, I, I need the lyrics to tell me a story. And that's what Taylor does. I was shook at her track five, though. You know how track fives are like the iconic song on each album?
0: No, no. Emily's rolling over right now.
1: It's fine. But her. What's track five?
0: Is it August?
1: Alyssa Affairs.
0: Oh. I'm a big Tease Whizzle fan, but I just did not
1: know that. Red's track five was all too well. Okay, makes sense. Lover was lover. Makes sense. Okay, um, I understand. You like, they're they're like the, they, they're not the singles of the, of the, like, album, but they're the most iconic songs. They're like, yeah. Lyrically, okay. they tell the story. It was such a good thing to hear. She's kind of weird with how she creates these stories up in her mind.
0: She's so intellectual. Like, I don't, I'm being dead serious. I don't think I could hold a conversation with her. I think she's no. so smart beyond anyone's years. Like, she was explaining the backstory and like thought process behind these songs and I was like, how how does anyone even think like that? Like I can't even like think of like a recipe for dinner. No, like in Oh my God. I was And when blown when the away.
1: producers would send her like tracks and stuff, just like the background instrumentals and she goes, All I all I need is like the first eight beats and I can tell what story I'm gonna tell.
0: Exactly. Like, She's like I can vision, oh. I can see the story.
1: I'm like what? I was
0: shook another song I okay I knew Invisible String part of it was about Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner's baby because she said and now I'm buying their baby's gifts Mm -hmm. so I thought that was cool but I didn't realize the whole rest of the song was kind of about Joe Jonas and their relationship it was because they they had a nasty breakup back in 2008 or 9 I thought it was a little funny 13 years later she's still writing a song about him but it was kind of sweet it was like all that suffering brought me like beauty and stuff. So I feel like it was fine. And he I won't have an ax to grind if he hears it.
1: But like, do you notice like the little things that she ties in, like the lyrics through all of the different songs and how she brings in titles to all the different songs and stuff? Yeah, like, even- she
0: explained that really well.
1: I love that. And even in Invisible Strings, she goes bad was the blood. Yeah, the-
0: she has a song called Bad Blood.
1: Easter blood eggs everywhere.
0: everywhere. Um, she could solve like every single crime issue in America. I think if she put her mind to it, <laughs> She can she's insane. Like she corrects insane in a good way. She connects all of these things like from her albums to her first album back in like 2005 like things are still connected now and she like I don't even know how to explain it because it's so complex I can't even explain it. Crazy. No
1: words for what this woman can do musically lyrically she's, she's just the whole package and I love her to death.
0: Yeah I also I just think that whole like I was I had a huge freak out stress moment about school and then I watched this documentary it put me to complete ease Like, I think it's just so soothing. If you're having a bad day or just, like, a super stressful moment, just put on this documentary. It's so calming. There's, like, peaceful views, nice little piano and guitar sounds. Oh, I know.
1: I felt like we were in, like, a spa. Yeah, exactly. It was angelic. Well, that is all the time that we have for this episode of Emily's Concert Corner. We hope that you enjoyed all the fun stuff that we talked about this episode. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more episodes of this podcast, Emily, take it away.
0: You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and you have to make sure to follow us on Instagram at Emily's Concert Corner. We post sometimes little, like, sneak peeks, snippets, what the – episodes are going to be about yeah so stay tuned for next week we are going to have both of our dads on the episode i don't think they know about it yet but nope. they'll, <laughs> they'll be surprised yes they um, will. yes they will so stay tuned that should be a really fun episode we'll see you guys next week
1: thanks for listening
0: bye